From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. that you've joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today we continue a series of studies on the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought taken from the pen of the great 19th century preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Today's devotional is entitled, From Fetters Free. The text is found in Psalm 146 and verse 7, The Lord looseth the prisoner. He has done it. Remember Joseph, Israel in Egypt, Manasseh, Jeremiah, Peter, and many others. He can do it still. He breaks the bars of brass with a word and snaps the fetters of iron with a look. He is doing it. In a thousand places, troubled ones are coming forth to light and enlargement. Jesus still proclaims the opening of the prison to them that are bound. At this moment, doors are flying back and fetters are dropping to the ground. He will delight to set you free, dear friend, if at this time you are mourning because of sorrow, doubt, and fear. It will be a joy to Jesus to give you liberty. It will give him as great a pleasure to lose you as it will be a pleasure to you to be loosed. No, you have not to snap the iron band. The Lord himself will do it. Only trust him, and he will be your emancipator. Believe in him in spite of the stone walls or the manacles of iron. Satan cannot hold you. Sin cannot enchain you. Even despair cannot bind you. If you will now believe in the Lord Jesus and in the freeness of his grace and the fullness of his power to save, defy the enemy and let the word now before you be your song of deliverance. Jehovah looseth the prisoners.
An indispensable part of the Christian life is daily Bible reading. If you're looking for some guidance in the study of God's Word, we're happy to offer a very helpful but brief brochure entitled Ten Commandments of Bible Study. Prepared by several ministers of the Free Presbyterian Church, including Dr. Alan Cairns, it will help you to gain much blessing from your time in the Scriptures. 
The method is designed to help believers achieve a comprehensive knowledge of the chapter contents of the Scriptures and to enable them to use that knowledge to guide and quicken them in their personal prayer lives. For a free copy of Ten Commandments of Bible Study, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish to call us, you may phone 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Increase your knowledge of God's Word by requesting your free copy of Ten Commandments of Bible Study. As he continues his series on the person and work of the Holy Spirit, Dr. Cairns is dealing with the filling of the Spirit. His text is the classic passage on the subject, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. At the outset of the message, Dr. Cairns explained that his main focus is on that continual fullness of the Holy Spirit which Christians should experience in their daily lives, rather than a special empowering for some particular spiritual service. The text draws a comparison between the effects of alcohol and the fullness of the Spirit, leading to the conclusion that there is such a thing as a counterfeit of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now Dr. Cairns continues, The Filling of the Spirit. There are scriptures, you'll find them, Acts 2 and 4 is one of them, and again at Acts 4.31, you'll find that the construction of the language is that the Spirit of God came suddenly in a critical moment, in a single self-contained act, and He filled people, giving them boldness and power to do the work of God that was to hand. Now there's that line of study through the Scriptures on the fullness of the Spirit. But then there's a completely different, though very closely related, line through the Scriptures. Because there are various Scriptures which emphasize that there is a constant condition of Christians living consistently full of the Spirit of God. And though the words are very close, and obviously the ideas are related, nonetheless, we need to mark the difference. You see, there are an awful lot of Christians, and they're running around, and they think that uh, if they do this and do that, and they have this tarrying meeting, and they uh, take this step of faith, that they will get such an expression of the power of God that will suddenly make them Great soul winners, great evangelists. Now, I do believe that there's power for every Christian to witness and work for God. 
And uh, probably next Sunday morning I'll be going into that in some more detail. But when the Bible says, Be filled with the Spirit, it is not speaking of that sudden impulse of power. It is speaking of a continual dwelling in the fullness of Christ as the Spirit enables and as the Spirit directs. Be ye filled with the Spirit. It doesn't sound very good to say, Be ye being continually filled with the Spirit. But that is the actual force of the words as Paul gives them here. So today I want us to look at Ephesians 5 and 18. And I want us to consider the very simple fact that Christians can and should live lives that are continually under the direction of the Spirit of God. As we look at this text, there are three lines of thought, and I'm going to be very brief in the first two, for the third is the one I want to get to. When I look at Ephesians 5.18, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I see first a life which counterfeits the Holy Spirit's work. It says, Be not drunk. Now I'm just going to suggest a couple of things and you can follow them through. Be not drunk. Drunkenness and uh, doesn't take you to be paralytic, to be drunk with wine, mind you. But drunkenness is the devil's mockery. And it is the devil's mimicry of the joy, the power, and the constellation of God the Holy Spirit. When a man gives himself to booze and he feels the warmth that the booze gives him and the confidence that the booze gives him, he feels that swelling up of joy and well-being within his heart and soul. He is experiencing something that is merely the devil's imitation of being filled with the Spirit of God, by whom God's people obtain real power, real joy, and real life. Be not drunk. The word drunk is a very interesting word. Very graphic word. It literally means soaked. Well, I think you could certainly look around Greenville. Certainly when I'm back home in Ireland, it's very easy. The Irish have a, a reputation for being fond of the devil's brew, and they certainly are. And this word soaked very aptly describes the experience of so many. I was reading one learned commentator, and he pointed out something that interested me. One of the old Greek poets uh, used this word uh, to describe the process of soaking the skin of a bull in order to stretch it 
to the shape that was wanted. You know, when I got to thinking about that, I thought, is that not exactly what the devil's up to? Is that not what's happening in so many young people's lives? And they're uh, brought along to the bar and they're made to feel big and masculine or strong or whatever uh, argument the devil would use. And all that's happening is they're being pickled in the stuff. They're being soaked in it in order that they might be stretched until they are what the devil wants them to be for the use that the devil wants to put them to. That's what it is to be drunk. We read that in this there is excess. The word excess means riot. You remember the parable in Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son. He spent his money in riotous living. He had a life that was counterfeiting the life of the Spirit or in the Spirit. He thought he was having a wonderful time, but it was riotous living. It was the excess the overflowing of all the filth that's in the human heart. And a young fellow talked to me some time ago, criticizing an, an article that uh, one of the professors at Bob Jones wrote in their magazine on drink. And this uh, professor was rightly arguing for abstinence from booze on the part of God's people. I believe in people uh, who are seen saying goodbye to the uh, use of alcohol, except you want to rub it on a spring, or maybe uh, uh, for some uh, medicinal purpose. I'm not going to say you die because you ought to have a, a medicine that has alcohol in it and you won't take it. But you know what I mean, that God's people should be, I strongly believe, uh, a people who turn totally from the use of booze. This young fellow, a Christian, professor, uh, didn't like that. And he didn't like what this man wrote. <clears throat> and he says, he is denying the biblical doctrine of total depravity. I said, well, now, I read the article, and I think I know the man, and I don't really think that that's what he's doing at all. I'll have to read it again if that's in the article. He said, well, what he's saying is he's blaming booze on all these evils that men do. How men commit murder and various vicious moral crimes under the influence of drink. And he's saying all the time, instead of blaming the booze, he ought to be blaming their own depraved hearts. What a fool that young fellow was in this matter. This is what Paul's talking about. Oh, there are unspeakable depths of impurity and ungodliness in the human heart. Thank God for that restraining work of the Spirit of God that even among the enemies of the gospel puts a lid to a large extent on the overflowing of human wickedness. Otherwise, this world would be incapable of being lived in. But Paul is warning here. A man gives himself to the life that counterfeits the work of the Holy Ghost. 
when a man gives himself to booze, then there is excess. Then there is that riotous, rebellious, putrid, overflowing of all the depths of wickedness in the human heart. In our country, when IRA men want to go out and walk up to a man's home, ring the doorbell, burst in, and in front of his wife and family, blow his brains out, how do they get the courage to do it? They first get soaked in the devil's liquor. That's how they do it. And almost every crime is attended by booze, or in our day, by booze and drugs. The excess starts out as a life that's counterfeiting the joy and power, the consolation, the feeling of well-being that the Spirit of God alone can really give. And how it ends up. There's a life then counterfeiting the Spirit's work. The second thing in the text is a, a life which contrasts that life of the flesh which I've just been talking about. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The believer contrasts the life of the world, the life of the ungodly, the life of the devil's booze. Go back to Luke 15. You remember that story of the uh, prodigal son? Riotous living. You know, there you've got a picture of what the devil and sin will do to every man that they get their hands on. If you're in this meeting this morning and you're not saved, I can tell you that the devil always is full of fair promises. Sin always holds out alluring possibilities. But it always ends the same way. This young fellow spent everything. That's not a nice picture. And when he had spent all, he was spent. There wasn't too much booze then. There wasn't too much of the riotous company then. He was just Discarded. Discarded. I think of young people. And they have set out on this life. And then I see them go down, 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 down until they're at rock bottom. And even the drunks that they run around with want nothing more to do with them. Now over against that you've got the life of the believer who's filled with the Spirit. What Paul is saying here really is twofold that drunkenness exhausts. It depresses. Causes misery. It is one of the biggest lies in every way. A lie that's perpetrated on a foolish public that booze is a stimulant. Every fair 
third-rate TV program will show the home and with its booze cabinet. And every time you need a little pick-me-up, you need a stimulant, they present the booze. You know, medically, and you can check this out if you like, I say it in the highest authority. Medically, booze is not a stimulant, but it acts as a depressant. And that's why people very rightly talk about going out to drown their sorrows. All they do is pickle and addle their brain until they depress it to such an extent that they're unaware of their problems. For a little while, then they come back and they find that far from stimulating, they're exhausted. They're in misery. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. Music